Hello and welcome everyone to a Sports Ethos Fantasy Baseball podcast called It's Gone. I'm your host, Britton Allen. Today is May the 12th, 2023. And today I am very excited because there's a lot going on. There's some news. There's some injury news that literally just broke within the past hour that we're going to have to talk about. It kind of makes me the mayor of Bummerville, but these are very important fantasy issues with these injuries. And we're also going to talk about some waiver wire players to pick up because that's my favorite favorite part of fantasy baseball other than drafting is finding those waiver wire players that you pick up and you're like, this is going to change the trajectory of my season, this player, and then it doesn't work out and then you drop them and then you pick up another player. But before I get to all that, I have the honor, the pleasure, and the privilege to introduce a very special co-host today. This is a man whose list of fantasy baseball credentials is long. It's strong. And it is down to get the friction on... I almost got that out. Uh, I'm talking about the man who created one of my favorite podcasts called Friends with Fantasy Benefits. I love it. He created Potapalooza, a fantasy baseball series of podcasts that's for charity. What? What's charity? What's that? Well, if, you, if you're a good person, you do charitable deeds, and that's what this man does. But he also created the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. It's a, uh, it's a matchup where all the fantasy baseball experts get together to, to figure out Who's the best fantasy baseball player? It's it's really actually not that cutthroat. It's a lot of fun. But he created it, and he invites everybody, and it's a lot of fun. But there's more. He also writes for Fangraphs and at Fantasy Pros MLB and co-hosts one of my favorite podcasts of all time. You may have heard of it. It's called The Sleeper in the Bust. Uh, yeah, you probably heard of it because it literally is like the most popular fantasy baseball cop podcast out there. It's awesome with Paul Spore. But wait, there's more. This is a man who inspires people. He inspired the people at RotoWare to create 95,000 t shirts dedicated to him and his face. His face is literally everywhere at RotoWare. If you go to their website, you will see his face. It's like going to a teenage girl's house and seeing Tyler Swift's face everywhere. We're talking about a muse situation. RotoWare didn't stop at t shirts with this man. No, sir. No, sir. They created a woman's swimsuit with this man's face on it. And I know this from personal experience. I have been intimately acquainted with said swimsuit. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I will try to be serious for one moment. This is a very nice man that I met in Arizona at the AFL. And he couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been cooler. I was a complete stranger And I would say walked up to him and said, hello, some may say accosted (laughs) uh, in the parking lot and introduced myself to him and his 
lovely wife, and they were so nice and kind. And that's a testament to his character and her character, too. Of course, you all know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Justin Mason. What's up, Justin? Well, that was quite the introduction right there. Like, I mean, uh, I don't know that I've ever even had that kind of introduction before. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. You've been on hundreds or thousands of podcasts. Have you ever experienced such a needlessly long introduction as that one in, in, in your entire time? No, I think that one uh, takes the cake. Yeah, I think at this point between the sleeper and the bust and FWFB and TGFBI and then all the numerous podcasts I've guested on. Um, yeah, I've probably done close to 2000 podcasts or something along that line. Uh, so, uh, but this was, yeah, I mean, this was the, the longest introduction of my career. Mission accomplished. All right, please follow Justin. Uh, I don't have to tell everyone this, but I'll do it anyway. Please follow Justin at Justin Mason, uh, FWFB capitalized on Twitter. He's always doing his his fantastic Twitter updates, and it's a lot of fun, too. It's not just, you know, fantasy baseball stuff. Justin's got a lot of things going on. It's very interesting. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about, just to kick things off a little bit. There's a lot of news and injuries. Oh, man, I just read Drew Rasmussen. On the sixty-day IL, man, they don't—they don't—they just go straight to the sixty with this issue. That is a bummer. If I had to go to, the, I'm not—I'm not going to do it, Justin, because I want to—I want to be happy. But if I went to the NFBC page right now and counted up all the teams that have Drew Rasmussen on it, it would be depressing. And I'm—it's Friday, and we will not be depressed. Yeah, I mean, it is—it's an absolute albatross of a season right now, uh, and when it comes to pitching, I mean, it's. It's been a difficult year just in general for starting pitching. Uh, and you add on top of that all the injuries. And this is just the latest uh, in just, you know, devastating injury. I mean, Rasmussen was, was pitching fantastically uh, to lose him. I, I know for me, like in Tout Wars, he was, you know, my number two SP and like, you know, really helping carry my rotation and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how that team's even going to be able to, to recover. Uh, I mean, thankfully we've gotten a lot of influx of young talent into the league, but it's not making up for the established talent that has gone down. That's a great point. Um, you know, and there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Oh, it's the clock. It's the, it's the, this, it's the, that I'm like, same, I'm like same as it ever was, man. It's it's throwing a ball 97 miles an hour over and over again. It's not what not what your arm anybody's arm was designed to do. Injuries are just part of it. But like you said, uh, you know, new player players get on the injured list, then new players get called up. Like the craze of the fantasy world, Yuri Perez of the Miami Marlins is playing called up and is playing today, right? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, starting today. Um, it, he is going to be going for a ton of fab this weekend. Like, it's just – it's ridiculous how much he's going to be. I mean, this is uh, the top pitching prospect in baseball, depending on who you ask, but uh, definitely in that conversation. And I would say he's definitely the top pitching prospect that hasn't debuted yet. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, people are going to get really, really excited, especially if he goes out and pitches well today. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, if he, if he throws up five or six good innings, people are going to go crazy on Sunday, uh, including me, because I need starting pitching just about every one of my leagues. Me too. So Yuri Perez for the Miami Marlins, he's coming straight from double A. So I seriously doubt he was probably drafted in a lot of leagues. I mean, obviously, if, if you're in like a draft champions league, he's probably drafted. But at most league, he's he's not. But uh, I read that Sandy Alcantara, or is it Alcantara? I can never remember. But you know Sandy, Sandy, the Cy Young winner. He drove to the airport to pick Yuri Perez up. Uh, and then drove him back to the Miami complex. I'm like, if you if you get picked up by a Cy Young Award winner, you gotta be good, right? Yeah, and I mean, and uh, how uh, uh, Yuri Perez found out that he was going to be on the major league roster was a video sent to him by Sandy Alcantara. Uh, so like that is uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I mean, he's he's an elite prospect. Like he's got you know, two plus pitches and, uh, you know, there are a little bit of questions about the command and how, how well that's going to play early on. But I mean, I, I think you got to go run to the waiver wire and go grab him if you can right now. A hundred percent agree. He's six foot eight, which gives him plus plus extension. His fastball has plus ride. He's got a great change up and, but, and you know, the key, one of the keys to life is in baseball is, is a great, change up and apparently his is great so if he's got a great change up um he's got every chance to be you know as good as everyone says that's yuri perez miami marlins he is starting tonight against the reds i can't wait to watch it that'll be so interesting and um some other injury news i was going to bring up mason miller the other one of the other exciting pitchers in baseball, he actually ended up going on the IL uh, for the Oakland A's. I have him on a team. Were you a believer in the the Mason Miller hype train? I mean, I believe in the talent. The problem is this: it's that he has been injured uh, consistently throughout his professional career. He has, he has not been able to throw a lot of innings, uh, and so like I wasn't in on the massive bids on him. It's by the fact that I believe in the talent. I just didn't believe he was going to last very long uh, health-wise, and I felt like the A's would probably be pretty conservative with him uh, in terms of his innings. Uh, and we're already seeing kind of that play out, uh, and it sounds like he's going to be out an extended period of time, if not, you know, maybe on his way to Tommy John, uh, just like Pierce Drew Rasmussen is as well. So, uh, you know, it's a bummer, I, you know, in leagues where you don't have an IL, uh, you know, and you have limited bench spots. You may end up having to cut him pretty quick. I try to hold on for a little bit and see if you can get a little more information, but ultimately uh, you can't hold on to a guy on your roster that has a real potential to not pitch again. Yeah, that's all true. There there was some good news I, I read um, as far as injury goes. The Tampa Bay Rays, Wander Franco, he left uh, Thursday's game uh, with a neck issue, but apparently he is back in the lineup uh, today, Friday, May 12th. So that is great news because Wonder Franco's breaking out. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was a matter of time. I don't think it was a matter of, like, if, just a matter of when. Um, and we're, we're kind of starting to see the fruits of labor. You got him at a fairly discounted price this year, comparatively speaking to where people were taking him last year. Uh, we see this all the time in the uh, in the fantasy industry, which is, a prospect comes up and doesn't do what we expect them to do from day one. 
and all of a sudden kind of gets uh, either discounted or completely forgotten about. You know, it's all, you know, Jared Kelnick going a lot later uh, than he was in previous years until the hype train got a little out of control towards the end of draft season. But, you know, those are the guys I like to target, you know, the ones that people are just down on because they just didn't have amazing success right away. Baseball's hard. Most people don't have amazing success right away. You're, you're exactly right. And there was a couple teams where I drafted Jared Kelnick and um, like Cody Bellinger, like those, you know, buy, buy low type guys. I didn't get, I didn't draft Wander Franco anywhere. So I completely missed, you know, the Wander Franco train, but such is life. Um, uh, I also read that Jose Altuve is making uh, rehab starts this weekend. That's good news for Houston. They, they're kind of stumbling so far, but uh, getting Jose Altuve back would be a great thing. But it's not – I mean, they can't move Mauricio Dubon back to the bench. Well, actually, they can. <laughs> actually, they can. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking there. I would have looked at Mauricio Dubon crazy. I'm like, yeah, he's been good, but he's not going to block Jose Altuve. I need to get – I need to have – do a cat scan of my head or something. That was that was weird, but uh, yeah. So Jose Altuve is coming back, so that is great news. Oh, you know one of my favorite players for the Cincinnati Reds, T.J. Friedel. I uh, I read a lot about T.J. Friedel um, uh, last year because uh, you know he he was like a walk on player at college, didn't get a scholarship. He walked on. He played so well. They ended up giving him a scholarship, and then. He like he's like a a minor league grinder. His uh, you know and he's just slowly matriculating his way up through the minors, and then he gets his shot last year, and he's leading off for the Cincinnati Reds. And I love stories like T.J. Friedel, just you know, just guys that just work hard and come up and come up. But it looks like he's having an MRI on his uh, arm. I don't know the results of that, but. If he is put on the IL, which he probably will, I know these aren't outfielders, but they can move Nick Senzel from the Reds from third off and call up like Encarnacion Strand or or the most popular Chattanooga lookout player in the history of Chattanooga, Ellie De La Cruz, right? Yeah, I mean, they definitely could. I'm a big T.J. Friedel guy. It seems like this might be an oblique injury, uh, mm-hmm. and those – typically take about four to six weeks to recover from so uh and i mean both strand and de la cruz have been fantastic in triple a uh de la cruz is on the 40 man already so i kind of wonder if that makes it a little bit easier for them to bring him up first i wouldn't surprise be surprised though if both of them come up and they just they designate someone for assignment in order to get uh get them both up because i think they're both going to be really really good players uh, I stashed Strand um, in a couple leagues already, so I'm hoping that uh, I get paid off here, uh, especially because I have a lot of TJ Friedel. I, you know, TJ Friedel is kind of my dude. He was uh, kind of the lead of my um, uh, this year's Cedric Mullins uh, article uh, back in uh, you know draft season. So losing him is uh, a huge bummer. He's my most roster player. You know, it's funny, and you probably don't remember this because you've been you've done hundreds of podcasts. But T.J. Friedel, the first time I ever heard, heard his name is like like a year ago when you and Paul were discussing him on the Sleeper in the Bus. Y'all y'all known about y'all been putting out T.J. Friedel love for quite some time. So sh- shout out to you guys for discovering him. 
But uh, so that, that's kind of the news and notes that I had of stuff happening today. Before we get into some topics like uh, some waiver wire ad players, and there's one specifically that I am insane for. I'm nuts. I've lost. I've lost it. But we'll get to him. But before we do, I wanted to ask you, Justin Mason, uh, how are your teams going? I know uh, you're in the uh, in the in the big time fantasy baseball, you know, expert leagues. Uh, and, and if you don't want to talk about it, <laughs> that's totally <laughs> understandable too. I've been there, but I, I have no clue what's going on. So, what? Tell me, how is it going with Tout Wars? Uh, and uh, are are you in labor or uh, you know let let's see how let's do a Justin Mason check. Yeah, I'm um, I'm in Tout Wars. I'm not in labor this year. Uh, I I used to share a team with with uh, Paul, um, and uh, I'm no longer doing that, but. Uh, maybe maybe in the future I'll I'll be back in labor at some point. Uh, Towers going okay. I'm kind of middle of the pack, uh, but the majority of my teams are actually doing really really well this year, which is a nice little change of pace after uh, a really really rough year in in 2022 where I, I didn't cash in a single league and I play in a lot of leagues, and so that was very uh, disappointing and very expensive. Um, and so uh, yeah, I'm doing you know my my main event league is bouncing between like third and fourth uh you know in spite of the fact that it has a, a five era uh right now so <laughs> my offense is dominating my pitching is not super uh super good yet um and, and losing guys left or right doesn't help that at all uh and then my uh my 1500 auction league um i've been in the top 10 in the overall pretty much all season so uh you know it's it's, it's nice to start off well there's still so much time left in the season that you, know, you can't really get too excited, but definitely better to start off hot than start off cold. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and as we were talking, uh, you were talking about your main event team, and I love playing the NFBC style tournament tournaments. Not 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 those main event tournaments, but I love playing on NFBC like Draft Champions and stuff like that. And I'm looking at a NFBC team. It was a NFBC team 50 that I graduated in no- or drafted in November. And I've got Drew Rasmussen, IL 60, Max Freed. Oh, Max Freed. I forgot about him. He went on the IL this week, too. Oh, that's so depressing. Brandon Woodruff is on that team. Jose Suarez. Well, yeah, sorry, Jose, but you know, that, that happens. But yeah, it's, man, those injuries, the pitcher injuries, it's just kind of like if you're in a draft and hold league, you're just, you know, you're rubbing that rabbit's foot. You know, you're, you're pick, you're, you're looking, you're looking for that four clover, four leaf, sh- you know, shamrock or something. Because a lot of it is just if you just got to get lucky with pitchers not going on the on the IL too, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing about draft champions league. So for those who don't know, draft champions league is a is is a drafted hold league where you you typically draft fifty rounds and then uh, and you have no pickups in season, right? So you draft these really, really large teams. And when a lot of people see these really large teams, they go, Oh, you know what I really want? I want guys who are risky, right? Because if it all comes together, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to end up winning the overall. And what we routinely see from people who win the overalls, uh, especially in the draft champions, but really in, in a lot of these NFBC leagues is these are very winning teams are often very, very unsexy. They're very, very boring. They just get production from everybody, and they stay healthy. 
Um, and so one of the things that like, you know, I think people tend to want to do in a draft champions is take a lot of prospects and take a lot of guys with injury risk uh, or that are already injured that's trying to stash at a discount. Um, and those are really, really bad decisions. And so, because as you said, injuries are going to happen, right? Like you're going to get hit, you know, the Max Freed's the world, the Drew Bastardusons, the guys that we didn't really think had major injuries concerns coming in are going to get hurt on top of the ones that you've already rostered. So you got to be really careful about not rostering like these really high risk, high reward players, injury prone players, or, or, or prospects that you just don't know when they're going to be up because you can be in a situation which like I'm in, in one of my draft champions leagues where like my starting shortstop isn't a full-time player in major league baseball. And that hurts like, you know, or or you're starting two reliever, two middle relievers, because you have no more healthy starting pitchers to to put in there. So, um, and it's only going to get worse as the season drags on. You know, and so uh, yeah, when you draft those leagues, you want to be a little bit more cautious than uh, risky. A hundred percent. That's great, great advice. But do I pay attention to that? No. No, of course not. I've got Alberto Mondesi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out ITL guys, Mondesi. Alberto Mondesi on this on this team and many other teams. And I I I have read, and I'm just putting this out there. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Alberto Mondesi did go to a doctor this this week to determine what's his next step, and if everything's fine, he's going to start a rehab assignment. Uh, maybe this weekend or next week. So dare I say it? I, I it's too late. I have to. I'm not opposed to go doing a, a little stash of Alberto Mondesi. Uh, he just signed a one year deal. He got traded, but this is it. He's 27. Uh, he's a free agent after after this season, also known as the walk here. He's got every every reason. His literally his future is on the line to get on the field and do what he does. Will he get injured again? Of course he will. But before that, hopefully he builds up enough good stock to, you know, you know, have one of those months where it's like 10 stolen bases, 10 home runs or something crazy like that. So am, am I talking crazy is, or, or what do you think? Is, is there any reason to stash Alberto Mondesi for the uh, Boston Red Sox? I think it's really team dependent format dependent right like if you're in a league with il spots yeah sure go ahead and stash him like uh you know he's just you you take the gamble because the upside is massive right like we've seen him in really really short stretches steal a crap ton of bases in it for power uh and it's not like there's anybody blocking him off in boston you know manuel valdez is not going to prevent uh alberto mondesi from uh, from playing every day or, or playing as much as Boston will let them. Uh, you, you start having issues doing this if you're in a league like NFBC, right? Like NFBC, it's really hard to stash guys, especially when you don't have any sort of concrete playing or uh, kind of arrival date, right? Like it's not like it's not like we're going, okay, he's going to be back in two weeks. Um, you know, this is the kind of guy that, you know, he even once he goes on a minor league rehab assignment, and he's got 30 days for the team to call him up, uh, uh, unless he gets put back, you know, taken off of it because of injury. Like that's 30 days plus. Then there's always the risk of re-injury with him. So I think in a in like a NFBC 
you know, main event or uh, or online championship, it's a little bit more difficult to roster a guy like that than it is uh, in a league where you can more easily stash from the IL and you're not wasting a bench spot. It's what Tony Soprano famously coined in The Sopranos talking to Chris Maltesanti. You got cowboyitis. If you if you go get Alberto Mondesi, you got cowboyitis. You you want to be a bad guy. You want to be a cowboy and go get Mondesi. Probably not the smartest thing you do. Which what you want to do is go get somebody slow and steady. You know because what wins these these tournament or draft champions and in, in the main events leagues is plate appearances. The, I'd be willing to bet every or at least top three. Uh, in the top three um, in plate appearances is the, the the people that win those leagues, but uh, but plate appearances are key, and we'll we'll see what happens. But um, you know, talking about NFBC, did you play any of the the Gladiator leagues? Yeah, I'm I'm in one of them. It has been a pretty it's been pretty beat up. My offense is great. My offense is fantastic, and my pitching is awful, like a lot of my leagues are. Uh, this year, uh, but I also had a problem. So uh, when they announced the Gladiator Leagues, I was like, "Man, these are awesome! This is you know they're cheap. Uh, they're it's Russian ball. roulette. It's yeah. Russian roulette. It really is because there are no bench spots. But that's what yeah. makes it fun because we're all because we're all in the same boat, right? But that's mm-hmm. what makes it fun. It you know, but for me, like I so I mean, they started coming out in like October and November, and I was like. Okay, I want to make sure I'm done with all my prep before I jump into this kind of a new format like that. Like I'll I'll typically draft like draft champions or NFC fifties and stuff like that that early. But I you know I just made the decision I wasn't going to jump into it until I was done with my my full projections, which take a while because I do them by hand. Um, and then they announced that they were ending them, and so I was like, well, I don't want to miss out. And so I jumped into one of the last ones, and unfortunately for me, it just happened to be on a Tuesday night. Uh, when I was putting my kids to bed, and uh, I literally fell asleep in the last few rounds um, while on my phone drafting, uh, and ended up with some players, I, including Ranger Suarez, who's making his debut, uh, I think tonight as well for the season. Where so I've been, I've been getting some zeros, uh, you know, Altuve out, Ranger Suarez out. I think there's somebody else on that team, but uh, yeah, I need my pitching to come around uh, pretty badly. You know, I, I, I love the gladiator and I'm with you. I did one gladiator um, uh, draft and you know, I, I, I'm, I made a mistake and you know, I auto auto picked auto drafted. Do you know my utility player? I'm not kidding. I'm looking at it. It's Shea Langoliers. <laughs> the utility player is a catcher, not just any catcher. A catcher for the Oakland Athletics. I was like, "Who do you think is going to finish last in this Gladiator League?" Let me let, let me tell you who the, the idiot that auto drafted Shea Langoliers as their utility player. But it it actually even gets worse, Justin. Um, uh, now, granted, I did this draft you know in December um, before the, but I've got Frankie Montas. I mean, talk about shooting yourself in the foot before the game even starts. <laughs> so I've got. Uh, Robbie Ray, Frankie Montas, Jose Suarez, Sean Carlos. Oh, but on the plus side, I have Fernando Tatis Jr., Jose Ramirez, Byron Buxton. I took Byron Buxton, Sean Carlos Stanton, and Fernando Tatis on the same team. Cowboyitis, Justin. Some somebody yeah. put me to sleep. Uh, that that was that was nutso. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see um, like how these leagues play out because I mean this is the first year of that contest, and so while I think some people had some you know you know good strategies and stuff going in, uh, we don't really know. Like we we have no idea like what kind of teams are really going to end up winning this. I mean, my guess is going to be teams that just did not get decimated by injury, right? A hundred percent. You know, there are teams that are obviously already dead in some of these leagues, like if you drafted, you know, Jeffrey Springs and Robbie Ray and, you know, those kind of guys, like all of a sudden uh, you no longer have enough pitching to be competitive. So I'll be interested to see, like uh, my offense is great in in, in my Gladiator League, but my pitching has been Alec Manoa and Brady Singer. um, And because I fell asleep, I've got both (laughs) Taylor Rogers and Dylan Floro um, on this roster. So, uh, in a in a little bit of a pickle um, uh, for for that one, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, if I can do well enough to cash, I'll be happy. That, I, I love it too because everybody's got those players that they drafted and and they look at and they're like, well, that player is not playing this year, <laughs> you know, whatever it just happens, you know, they should call it last man standing league, you know. But uh, Gladiator's a good name too. Shout out Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? But um, I guess, of course, you know, I like talking about my teams and I like hearing other people talking about their teams, too. But before I go, we go too far down the rabbit hole yesterday. uh, I live in Tennessee, uh, Justin, and I made a bet. I have an MGM Grand account. and I made a bet. And my bet was uh, the uh, San Francisco Giants. You may have you may have heard of this team. We're we're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and there's kind of a a, a soft tossing lefty for the Diamondbacks named Tommy Hunter. And I was like, one of my favorite sneaky players this year is Estrada, Tyro Estrada. I hope I'm pronouncing his first name right. I'm probably not. But Tyro Estrada is like a sneaky, super under-the-radar, like fantasy uh, breakout this year like he Estrada's having a great year and he's they put him lead off against this lefty and he was on like a 17 game hit streak and I'm excited so I put uh, I, I put I do one of those same game parlays and I put Estrada to get one hit just one batting lead off just one hit and then my but I do the parlay to, to get the odds and it was Casey Schmidt Two T's in Schmidt. Casey Schmidt, who is a San Francisco Giant prospect that's been called up with Brandon Crawford on the IL uh, to play shortstop. He's a natural third baseman, but he's playing shortstop because that's what the team tells him to do. And Casey's batting, like, I can't remember, sixth or seventh, but I was like, I don't care. I know he's going to hit. So just one hit. And so I'm watching the game. Because you know, I, I, you know, I got really excited about putting some 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 money on it, and I'm watching it, and of course, I think like Estrada gets hit by pitch and then walks or something. I'm like, oh, I forgot how what a good discipline he was. He doesn't just swing, but the main star of this show, Casey Schmidt, is the real deal. And I know that's easy to say because he went four for four yesterday with a loud home run, and that's all true. But I watched him yesterday. I watched every single second of that game. This guy has got it. He's got the swag. He's got uh, he's got that uh, je ne sais quoi as my French teacher in 
and uh, in, in high school used to say, "Shout out, Mrs. Douglas." He's just got it. And I think if nothing else comes of this podcast, other than me talking about your swimsuit and how, how I sometimes wear it in, in, by myself in the dark, but if, <laughs> but if nothing else comes out, Casey Schmidt is the deal. He's going, I, I, think he's, I think he's like a superstar. And I know it's one game and I get that. And I try not to get too excited, but life is short. Let's get excited. What do you think about Casey Schmidt, the third base shortstop for the Giants? Well, I hope my buddy Sam uh, uh, W, uh, who records me at WFB, is listening because he's a huge Casey Schmidt guy. He's been on him for quite a while. Um, I'm a little bit more skeptical. Uh, I mean, yes, it's been a great few games. Uh, he's already got two home runs in what I think only like three games played so far. Um, and, you know, he's hit 667, and uh, it's all great. He is a defensive wizard. So once Brandon Crawford does come back and he moves to third base's natural position, uh, he makes that Giants infield a lot better. Uh, and I think he can find full time playing time because his defense is so good. They might want to keep him in that lineup when you've got ground ballers like Alex Cobb and, and Logan Webb uh, pitching, uh, you know, every, every five days. So I think he can find a full-time role in San Francisco, especially with David VR, just not being very good at baseball. Uh, my main concern is a fantasy angle. I think he's going to be a really good real life player. Um, but while he does have power in the bat and we've seen it on display, he tends to hit the ball into the ground quite a bit. So, I mean, he's already got two home runs in 12 plate appearances, but his launch angle is 5.5 degrees, which is telling you that he's normally, and, and we saw this in AAA this year before being called up. Yeah, he had some home, he had a home run and three stolen bases, but he had a 55% uh, ground ball percentage. Uh, and so if he can change that launch angle to kind of lift a little bit more, uh, along with that power, then we could see him be, you know, a a better version of Yandy Diaz in what we've seen from Yandy Diaz this year because he's not only a really good defender, so a play every day, but he's got power and he can, you know, lift it. But until he lifts it, we're seeing more of a older version of Yandy, going to see an older version of Yandy Diaz, which is a guy that we know has power but can never really unlock it because he wouldn't raise that launch angle. So um, I'm a little bit more skeptical that that's going to happen. Uh, I think he'll be a usable accumulator in fantasy as long as he's playing every day because of that defense. But star, I think uh, I think we're a little ways away from that. Yes, but I say, listen to this, sir. He finished second in the NWL in OPS and slugging last year in 2022. He hits to the entire field with strength and speed, and he's a plus defender. And, you know, those metrics guys at Giants and, and coaches, they love that S. They love it. They eat that stuff up with good defense. Um, of course, to us, it doesn't matter. But if it keeps them in the lineup, that's good. So uh, Casey Schmidt for the San Francisco Giants is going to be Nolan Arnado Part 2. I say that. Justin disagrees <laughs> because he's reasonable. But... Uh, Player to watch, no matter no matter what you, uh, what what you think. But uh, I really like Casey Smith. But there's another player, Justin, who was also in that game that I watch, and I try to watch baseball every night. 
I put this player in a super sneaky alert phase of Arizona outfielder Dominic Fletcher. Are you familiar with the man known as Dom Fletch? I am not super super familiar uh, with Dominic Fletcher. All right. I wasn't either, <laughs> but there he is playing out in left field for the uh, Diamondbacks, and he got called up recently. And I, I really like players like uh, Dominic Fletcher for for Arizona, you know, because they're just kind of out of nowhere, kind of like a Brent Rooker situation for the Oakland Athletics, just dudes that get called up, and no one's really talking about him. But I did a little research because he had some good hits last night, and he is uh, his minor league stats are he's a stellar contact hitter. He can play center field. He can play right, left, you know, whatever. And he's good defense. Open stance, quick trigger, plus hand. Kind of a Michael Brantley type situation, meaning he's going to have a great average. Uh, he's – you know, going to hit, you know, going to get some runs, going to get some RBIs, not any type of crazy power. But if you're in a deep league and, you know, you've got some outfielders that are having some issues or the very underrated aspect of fantasy is batting average, right? Because you can have Willie Adamas, you can have, you know, a bunch of good players, but if they're hitting, you know, 200, you have to balance it out. And Dominic Fletcher for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks could be a player that kind of swoops in under the radar that you can go grab off your you know, waiver wire because I know he's available and put him in there and to kind of help even out some of those heavy hitters with the, with the poor batting average. So I don't know if you've heard of him, but – yeah, I mean, he, he profiles as a guy who's more like a sum of all parts as opposed to having a real carrying tool in fantasy. Um, makes a lot of contact, so maybe he's Andrew Benatendi uh, but not like prime Benatendi. Like, I don't think he's a 2020 guy, but maybe like a like a 12-12 kind of guy with a decent batting average. I think a lot of it will depend on uh, what Arizona decides to do with Alec Thomas. Uh, Alec Thomas has struggled, but the underlying skills have been really good. Um, you know, and so if if Fletcher's playing every day, then he can accumulate and be kind of really interesting. But uh, if, he's, if he's only playing four days a week, then all of a sudden he becomes a lot less interesting because he doesn't have that carrying toward Tennessee. That's that's true. I do love to put those random players in there. You know, everybody – like I was listening to the the CBS uh, uh, podcast with Frank Sample this morning, and I'm like, oh, everybody's talking about Casey Schmidt, and rightfully so because I want to talk about him too. I fell in love, and uh, but I also want to throw in some kind of random player that no one's talking about just to kind of uh, you know see what happens. And I think Dominic Fletcher is the kind of guy who's has uh, the the hit tool that can make him successful in the major league plus. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Arizona does because they've kind of been off to a pretty good start this year, believe it or not. Yeah, I actually – I picked Arizona to win the division uh, in a bet. What? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking at uh, their team, and I really like their team. You know, like, you know, they, they were – they need to get rid of Madison Bungar. They did it. Um, you know, and this was like just a – you know, it's a kind of crapshoot type of bet, right? It's – you know, it's 25 bucks to win like 
1200 bucks and oh my uh, really really good odds and you know the padres i think are really good but they're also not as deep as i think we all kind of uh, initially thought uh the dodgers are clearly not as good as they they were at one point uh and so i think this is going to be a wide open division that any one of those three teams can win uh and so i'm rooting for the diamondbacks i, I think they are they're all kind of on the brink of becoming a real playoff contender and maybe they take the step this year I 100% agree. I also like the Diamondbacks. Shout out Chris Welsh and Bogman ITL. They're Diamondback folks. I love the the Diamondbacks. I think I think you were probably drinking that delicious uh, Corbin Carroll juice. You know, mm-hmm. you had it in a cup. You did the old school juicer. You know, like the grapefruit juice that like your grandma used, and you were drinking that Corbin Carroll juice, and you're like, oh, Diamondbacks are <laughs> Diamondbacks are gonna gonna win the division this year. I was the same way though. I'm, I'm with you. And so uh, there are some other players I wanted to quickly bring up too. Um, I kind of like Kyle Farmer uh, and. You know, I, I say that as if I'm in a, like a therapy group session. <laughs> Hello, my name's Britton. I kind of like Cal Farmer. He's he's an infielder for the Minnesota Twins. Um, Jose Miranda was another player I liked, but uh, he has been sent down due to uh, struggling this year. Cal Farmer came off the IL, and he is back in the starting lineup. And I I've always liked Minnesota, and he's playing every day. Do you have any interest whatsoever in the Minnesota Twins, uh, Kyle Farmer? Yeah, in deeper leagues, I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, shortstop and third base eligible. Uh, like, he doesn't have prodigious power, but he can hit four power. Um, and uh, the, he's going to play every day. They really like him there. They, you know, they traded for him in the offseason. Uh, and like you said, they sent down Jose Miranda, one of their top prospects, uh, to kind of to make room for him. So, like, I think Farmer uh, – He's one of those guys that like can probably offer a pretty good batting average, but again, be a really interesting accumulator, especially in deeper formats. You guys who play in like ten and twelve team leagues probably aren't as interested in a Kyle Farmer, but those of us who play in like fifteen team leagues or even deeper than that, uh, Kyle Farmer is really really valuable, especially with that uh, multi position eligibility. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, middle and corner, and th- that's really valuable to have on your team, if especially in NFBC leagues, but. A player that's super hot, Francisco Alvarez, New York Mets catcher. Do I drop? And this this is an actual question. This is a the one of the best parts of having a fantasy expert on the podcast is I actually get to ask questions that affect me personally. Do I drop Tyler Stevenson or Alejandro Kirk for Francisco Alvarez? I don't have a problem dropping Stevenson. Um, probably Kirk either uh for for, uh alvarez i mean i think alvarez is a really really good player um i mean he's a much better hitter than he is a catcher but that doesn't really matter for us in terms of fantasy uh because i think he's such a good hitter that he's going to be in the lineup uh just about every day for the mets so uh yeah i mean i if you're in a trading league i would try to trade one of those guys first but if uh if you have to make the decision between you know him and Stevenson or him and Kirk, I think, yeah, I think, I think Kirk is really questionable because I still think of Kirk as uh, potentially a, you know, a top 12 catcher. Uh, but uh, I think Stevenson, yeah, you could probably move on and, and go uh, and grab uh, Alvarez. 
Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, Francisco Alvarez isn't available on any waiver wires or anything, so you'd have to go trade for him. But man, he's got the he's got the pedigree. It may be worth it. Have Have you ever uh, watched a uh, HBO series called Barry, starring Bill Hader? It's next on my list of things to watch. Uh, I'm currently uh, watching The Sopranos for the first time. Uh, oh my! Wait, how far are you into the to the series? I think I'm middle of the third season uh right now so it's been uh it's been great and uh literally causing me to lose sleep because uh i like i finished writing and i, and I end up watching for an, in an extra two hours and it's you know three o'clock in the morning so um uh yeah i mean the glass I, I think i got three or four hours of sleep last night because i stayed up way too late watching sopranos but uh great show really really been enjoying it Oh, it's awesome. And my wife and I, we, we didn't watch the show, you know, when it originally aired back in like, oh, one, oh, two, something like that. But we did the thing where we would rent, you know, the seasons. And of course we would pop in, you know, this, it just episode, just binge watch, essentially all the episodes just back to back to back to back. And yeah, so we, we loved it, but, um, you know, the Sopranos, I would say like my all time, and there's some recency bias here, but my all-time favorites are, you know, The Sopranos, The Wire, uh, Breaking Bad, and uh, Barry. I really love Barry. It's a great show. And the first season of True Detective. I don't know if you saw that with Matthew McConaughey yeah. and and uh, another, another Woody Harrelson. That, another one that's on my list. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been talking about it a little bit on Twitter, just uh, – uh, because everybody always talks about, oh, Sopranos is one of the greatest shows of all time. So I was like, you know, I got to finally sit down and actually uh, watch, um, you know, watch it. And so uh, for me, the three greatest shows of all time um, are The West Wing, The Wire, and Breaking Bad. Um, and uh, uh, The Sopranos is, is up. It's definitely up there. I don't know that it's quite on the same level as those three. And, uh, you know, I'm going to reserve my judgment until the end. Um, but it is damn close. It's been really fun to watch. The West Wing? Mm-hmm. Is that with uh, Charlie Sheen's father? Yep, Martin Sheen. Yeah, it's, No kidding. I mean, it is a fantastic show. It still holds up actually really, really well. Um, and, it, I mean, if, if you're a, if you're into politics, into history, um, a, a lot of the stuff that they talked about that was going on ended up being things that came true or became like real big parts of politics kind of later on. Oh no. Uh, as, as the series was going on. So um uh it was uh yeah, it was a fantastic show. Uh my favorite show of all time. I mean, I, I watch I do a full series watch of The West Wing usually about twice a year. Um and so I mean, I've seen it probably 20 plus times in my life. That that is that's fascinating. I will definitely check it out then. I remember uh one of the shows that I, I got obsessed with was 24 with uh, Jack Bauer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was always, and we would laugh because it's always like, oh, you know, I got to throw out the poison canisters from the helicopter or it's like, you know, I, I, I got to go to China and, you know, derail the train with all the bombs on it. And it was like, I was like, man, this guy can't catch a break. It's always something <laughs> <laughs> like it's never just. Uh, it's, it's no, you know, nothing happening, but I guess that's, that's why the writers get paid. And, um, <laughs> but that was a great show. All right, let's move on to our final topic before I let you go. Uh, we talked about players on the waiver wire to pick up, but 
you know, I love talking about players like to stash. Like, I wish I'd stashed Yuri Perez. Uh, of course, I did not. I wish I had stashed, you know, uh, Bryce Miller. That didn't happen. But there got to be some players that are kind of out there that I think are guys to, you know, be ahead of the curve a little bit. Not that I even know what the curve is, but there are a couple players that I absolutely love. And one of them, and I've been looking at him. Uh, and not looking at him because that's weird, but I, I've been reading about him uh, since the offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Colt Kowser, uh, for He's in the Baltimore Orioles uh, 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 AAA. He's 23 years old. He's batting 317 with seven home runs and four stolen bases. He's a power speed guy, Colton Kowser for, for the O's. And the the issue is because, you know, Baltimore has a very set established outfielding crew they're very good it's Mullen Santander and Austin Hayes so I don't see him like breaking in um, unless there's an injury but if there is Colton Kowser is the type of player that can come up and immediately make an impact um, you know, with power and speed and average and he's 23 years old so even though he was only drafted in the uh, I believe the 2021 draft, and he was he was a first rounder uh, at, out of college. So, you know he's he, he's he's not a kid. So he can come up, and I think he's MLB ready, like literally right now. They just don't have a spot for him. So is Colton Kowser the kind of what do you think about Colton Kowser as as a stash? Um. I don't know that he's the kind of guy that I really want to stash. When I'm looking to stash a guy, I'm looking for somebody who I think has a pretty good chance at uh, immediate production um, and some sort of path to playing time. And I don't know that I, there there is that with Kowser. I think Kowser, uh, while he is mashing right now in the minors, I think he ultimately, especially in that park, kind of profiles as like a mediocre power guy um, with kind of mediocre speed uh, and, uh, you know, plays pretty good defense, but not like great defense. Like He doesn't do anything particularly amazingly. Um, And so when you've got those guys, and I don't dislike those guys necessarily, I tend to really like those guys when I know they have a full-time role. And the problem is, I just don't know where he plays. I guess they, you know, maybe if they give up on like Kyle Stowers, uh, like they can move Santander to DH or something like that and let uh, Kowser play in the outfield. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I think there's other guys that are, that have a little bit better uh, upside in terms of stashing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like, you know, I think it would take an injury uh, to, to get him up. So, you know, my thought process was kind of like, well, I'll go ahead and grab him because injuries are going to happen. And I think Austin Hayes has already been injured at least once this year. But, of course, they didn't call him up then. So, so you know, there's no rush on Colton Kowser. But keep him on your on your radar because he is killing it in the minors. And um, Baltimore Orioles, Justin, I think they're contending. What do you think? I mean, I think they are too. The problem is the entire division is contending. Um, and not every single team in that division can make the playoffs. Uh, we'll see what happens with like the Yankees and all their injury problems, and now Tampa Bay and all their injury problems. Uh, maybe they could surprise. Uh, I mean, I think Boston is just 
I don't think Boston's very good. Like, I, th- I mean, I think Boston maybe in, like, the AL Central could be, like, a really competitive team for that division. But in the AL East, they're, they're probably going to finish fifth. So, uh, yeah, I think Baltimore is really interesting. I want to see what they do with the trade deadline. Are they going to, you know, are they going to make moves to improve this team? Or are they going to go, we've got a process in place, we're getting close, but we're not quite there yet, and we'll kind of either sell off some pieces or just kind of stay status quo. Um, because you know the Yankees are going to make moves. I am sure the Blue Jays are going to make moves. And I would be really surprised at this point if we don't see the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays make some sort of moves to address their, their pitching staff, considering how many guys they've lost this year. I think the AL East is the by far the fascinating division in baseball. Like, of course, you've got the Rays, which is literally the hottest start uh, in in their like franchise history, and the Yankees are the Yankees. Boston is Boston, but man, Baltimore, Adley Rutschman, I don't know. It's going to be great. It's going to come down to the wire. I'm really looking forward to watching that. But Justin. We're coming up right around, I think, about an hour. I have taken too much of your time. I have monopolized it. I think that's a word. I don't know. It is. It is. <laughs> I have like monopolized it. But I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast. And please go follow Justin. I know you're following him uh, already, but I have to do it anyway because I want to make sure everyone follows Justin Mason at Justin Mason. F W F B and uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I've been listening to you forever. And you know, that's the weird thing about podcasting is like, it's a good way to connect with the fans, but then you actually have to connect with the fans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was an absolute pleasure to be on and it was a blast hanging out with you in Arizona. Definitely going to have to do that again. If you've never been to first pitch, Arizona, gotta come out it is so much fun uh like it's it's just just a real amazing weekend it's probably one of the best weekends uh in fantasy baseball and i think people often kind of forget it's even happening because it's you know typically october or november and and people are like oh i'm done with baseball but nah man we go down there we had a blast it was great to meet you there Uh, i'm looking forward to seeing your bathing suit this year i will be there i will bring my bathing suit and i came to uh, the Arizona uh, first pitch. It's put on by Baseball HQ with uh, uh, Brent Hershey and those guys, awesome dudes. And I just came there by myself and I just showed up and I just walked around and I was like, oh, hey, how are you? How are you? How are you? Not not 99.9, everyone was cool and nice and couldn't have been more fun to talk to. Like there literally was not even one remotely bad interaction or weird interaction it was just great so you know i i really enjoyed it so as justin said if anyone can come out to the uh, to the arizona fall league please do because you, you won't regret it i know i i, I did not I, I had a blast and which is a weird thing saying when you're 46 going to a fantasy baseball retreat but you know that's where i'm at dude so uh justin thank you again i'm going to uh hit the button and i hope i see you down the road looking forward to it bud <laughs>